0: That's the whole point of wealth is having more than you need and abundance. The heavenly pattern is abundance.
2: Work like you're the CEO of the company. Your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. I know we came from very different financial backgrounds. There were some mindsets that both of us had to overcome.
0: It's not about how much you have to make, like what are your bills, what are your goals, stuff like that, but how much can you make? Sometimes the greatest naysayers in our own head.
2: This is how God works. His His mathematics are totally different than ours. One thing that I have found important myself is not to just pray for God to send all the blessings, but it's to pray for God to increase my capacity for blessing.
1: Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really wanna stay connected in your marriage.
3: And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you.
1: I'm Adam King.
3: And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling. And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them.
1: So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. Today's episode is all about God's plan for getting rich.
3: And we have two lovely guests with us here today, Hunter and Brooklyn Haley with The Blessed Business. Uh, welcome, guys. We're glad to have you here Thanks. on the podcast. To Thanks be here.
0: for
3: having us. Yes. Uh, so just to give you a little bit of background, Hunter um, has a bachelor's degree in marketing management, and um, Brooklyn is working on her bachelor's in psychology and life coaching. Um, they are a dynamic team. They serve in various capacities in ministry, and their whole business functions as a ministry as well. And they're going to talk more about that today. So let's kick this off. I mean, I'm sure our listeners are eager to hear what is God's plan for getting rich?
0: And I'm
1: sure people were like, what? Hold on, rich?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it all depends on how you define rich. Mm -hmm. Rich, uh, so many people think of sports cars and fancy houses and expensive suits Mm -hmm. and things like that. The reality is rich means having abundance, having more than enough. That's the whole point of wealth is having more than you need and abundance. And I like uh, in John 10, 10, how it talks about that Jesus came to give us life, but to give us life more abundantly. And so many times we relegate that to just spiritual context, you know, yeah, right. yeah. but life, an abundant life is so much more than, you know, just, you know, getting saved or, you know, having a relationship with God. That's step one, mm-hmm. but he cares about your whole person, yeah. your entire That's so life.
1: Because I think that that is true. A lot of people do when they hear anything like life more abundantly, we would relegate that to the spiritual. Yeah. But I don't know if that's very Jewish, is it? <laughs>
0: I don't know. Well, I like, there's another scripture in Deuteronomy that I think opens us up a little bit more where it talks about the different components uh, of being uh, rich. And it actually talks about getting wealth. Okay. And that's Deuteronomy 8, 18. I believe this is the ESV version, but it says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. I want to pause there. He gives us power to get wealth. Now, how often do you hear it talked about or preached about or just in conversation, you know, people talk about, oh yeah, God gives us power to get wealthy. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people don't talk about these things. It's just kind of, and some people may relegate that again to, okay, this is spiritual wealth. This is, Mm -hmm. you're laying up treasure in heaven and not on earth. You'll
3: be blessed in heaven. Exactly.
0: But it continues on. It says that he may establish His covenant, which he swore unto thy fathers, as it is this day, and it's referring to the Abrahamic covenant that was both natural and spiritual. So blessed uh, from the standpoint that the Messiah was going to come through the loins of Abraham, Mm -hmm. and so there was a spiritual connotation there that through the through him, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And Mm -hmm. there's a strong spiritual context, but at the same time, in order for the gospel to reach the entire world there takes that takes a lot of financial and uh just temporal means to make that happen yeah and god doesn't call us to do something that he won't equip us Mm -hmm. to be able to do it i think through
1: throughout the the old testament as you're reading it the the patriarchs are always shown to have abundant absolutely like resources just look at it like they're always give shown in that light if god Mm -hmm. is is if God's favor is looking down upon them, then generally they do have, they're either a king or have lots of different resources, right? right. Well,
0: because the the heavenly pattern is abundance. There, there wasn't just one fruit tree in the garden. But not That's only, good. in addition to just fruit and nut trees and uh, all the ones that were good for eating, God also placed ones that the only thing they did in the Garden of Eden was make flowers, which were beauty. Mm. It was that luxury if that makes sense. And so God wants to provide so that he can establish his covenant so that we can be in tune with what he's doing so Mm -hmm. that he gives us that rich life Mm -hmm. so that we have the emotional well-being and the financial wherewithal to be able to give to others Mm -hmm. instead of just being solely focused Mm -hmm. on ourselves.
3: That's good. That's really good. So, okay, you're talking about abundance. We're defining being rich or wealth as abundance. Um... Talk a little bit more practically now, when you guys think about how you have incorporated this into your own life and business and ministry, um, what are some of the steps you took and that other people can learn from?
2: Yeah, so I think many times when um, you think about wealth and abundance, you're thinking of um, maybe wealthy business owners or um, organizational leaders. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a place that you can get to where even if you're not a team leader, but you're a team member, you're still living an abundant life. Now, wealth isn't just limited, like Hunter was saying, limited to just finances. Mm -hmm. But um, I think part of wealth is having favor. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing that I know we've talked about is as a team member, there are ways that you can apply yourself on the job to where um, you have favor with your employer. And so, um, Hunter can speak more to the business owner aspect, but as a team member, I remember there was a time when um, I had taken a job at a local hospital
4: mm-hmm.
2: and I, when I took the job, they started me making um, a pay that was lower than what I thought I would start off making. Okay. And whenever I started working um, soon after brother Andrew Bentley came to Memphis and he was just doing like a business session with our church. Okay. So afterwards I went up to him and I just asked him like, what is something that I can do that would give me favor on the job and secure the my moving up in the company Mm -hmm. and he said well the thing you have to always remember is work like you're the ceo of the company so you may be the lowest paid employee in the business but work as though you're making that pay that you wanted to start off making
1: how'd that work out
2: it worked out well so (laughs) i i tried to implement that that was something that i could do every day it wasn't just this idea that I was trying to grasp for, but it was something I could go to work every day and I could apply myself. Like I was making way more than I was at the time. Okay. And with the company I was in at the time, you were only supposed to be allowed to move within the company, move up positions once within the first year. Mm -hmm. So within the first six months, um, I went from part-time to Mm full-time. And at that point, making the pay that I thought I would start off making. Okay, And then I continued to do that. So what I did was even after I went full-time, I continued to work as though I was making more than what I was at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I was able to kind of spread out, learn more about the different departments in the hospital. And then within the next six months, um, one of the administrators in the hospital came to me and told me that they had a friend at corporate who had a position coming open and she had already talked to this friend and she was trying to secure me a position in this corporate office and so within the first year of working there i hadn't moved up once but i moved up twice and i was so making cool. five dollars an hour more than what i thought i would start out making in the first oh, position so and so i think um whenever you're looking at this whole wealth and abundance mindset. It's more than just the financial aspect. Sure. But when you're applying these biblical principles every day, yeah, there's ways that you can you can gain favor and you can progress in different areas of life.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And you know, abundance matters emotionally and mentally. Right. And um, when you're progressing in life, sometimes those emotional, mental aspects are more valuable than even the no. financial aspects.
1: I, I'm curious. That's so easy to just say, you know, I heard this advice. Yeah. And then I applied it. But how? what was that process like of like, you know, did you have something to remind you of that mindset? Did that come back to you a lot like during your day? Like I'm slacking. Was this an attitude that you already had in your mind or like kind of um, integrated into your life already? Like how did you come upon actually implementing this ideal and making it happen and then seeing the fruits later.
2: Sure. So initially in my life no, I did not have this mindset. But I remember um soon after we got married, I started being exposed to just a lot of teaching on concept of business as mission mm-hmm. and connecting everything you're doing to the mission of God. Okay. And so basically what you're looking to do is connect every area of your life to purpose. And so I began to think about what that meant for me and practical everyday application. And so I started reading books and obviously praying, asking God to kind of help me see practical everyday application. And I think the, the key resource for me at that time was the book, The Go-Giver by mm-hmm. Bob Berg. And um, one thing that I guess I could apply to that position that I was working in is the law of value in The Go-Giver. And that law says your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Mm. And so there are multiple laws um, within the go-giver. And so as I read this book, I remember I had already been praying like, okay, God, I get this idea, like business is mission, connecting what I'm doing to purpose. But how do I apply that every day? What are practical steps? And so I read this book. And, you know, someone had told me, oh, it's an easy two to three day read. Well, I ended up reading it in one sitting. Mm -hmm. And whenever I finished, I just remember hugging the book and just started crying because I realized that was my practical everyday application. There were practical steps that I could apply. And when I began to see what true value was, Mm -hmm. you know, and what you're really striving for, it's not just the paycheck Mm -hmm. um, and it's not just the, hey, pat on the back, like you did good, but there's a place that you can get to where you know you're giving your best and mm-hmm. sometimes the in, the internal rewards are the greatest rewards. Mm-hmm. And so reading books, reading specifically this book, it really helped me kind of start shaping that perspective.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So I had this burning desire to grow. Yeah. So grow as a person, grow as an employee, um, grow as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so as I was on this journey of growth, having someone speak into that specific situation mm-hmm. and tell me what to do, it kind of gave me something I could work towards in that, that area I was in in life.
3: I remember you guys recommended that book to us a few years ago. Yeah. And um, I kind of had the same idea, like, oh, okay, I'll read this over the next couple weeks. Right. I literally read it by the time I got home from... Uh, where, wherever, I guess we were in Tennessee, huh? I think so, yeah. And so we, we flew home that day and I was reading it during our layover. I was reading it all the way home.
1: Well, Hunter gifted this to us.
3: Yeah. So, <laughs> oh yeah, you guys gave <laughs> yeah, us the book in it. Tennessee. That's right. <laughs> so and thank you. It made You're a welcome. huge impact on us. In fact, we, um, I think we, that same day, turned around and put it in our recommended reads highlight on our Instagram page because even though it's not a marriage book like right. it's it made such an impact sure. on me and then he started reading it too. Mm-hmm. So sure. yeah, it's I love that book and I can see how it made such an impact on you. After Absolutely. Having read it. Well, it's
1: yeah. it's I think the law of sowing and reaping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You give enough um and it always comes back. It's you know, so Galatians 6, 7 says, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Mm-hmm. So if you want blessing, you give. Right. You have to plant. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, I think, is, and that's really the go-giver message. I'm simplifying it a lot. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, you know, it's... In it's, its essence, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I
2: think from your perspective, many of these laws would even apply to marriage. Right. So... <laughs> The law of value: Your true worth is determined by how much you give in value, much how much more you give in value rather than what you take in payment. Mm-hmm. And then the law of influence: Your influence is determined by the, how abundantly you place other people's interests first. <laughs> totally, so it's about you can serving. Apply it, right, right,
3: and that's what marriage is too. Absolutely. So, question for you guys: I mean, you guys teach a lot about business, finance. I mean, you're, you're teaching weekly. Um, classes at your church about finance and um, helping people get out of debt, helping people invest. I mean, you get into the practicals and the nitty gritty. Have you had any flack, um, negative feedback from people who are like, you're focusing on worldly things rather than, you know, the spiritual things. Earthly things things,
0: earthly that, things.
3: That
1: pass away, brother.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I think it's interesting. I actually just uh, published on our podcast, The Blessed Business,
1: by the way, go listen to yes. it. <laughs>
3: we'll link it in the show notes.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, with I interviewed Dr. Wilson I actually. Uh, had recorded it a while back, but I just published it recently. But he talked about in that uh, it was principles of success, which I think ties in with this. But in that episode, he talked about how when you when you become more successful, then. Like we want everyone to be successful, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't want them to be too successful. Mm-hmm. And so, as as your pers- as you start putting yourself in alignment with biblical principles, you start getting that um, redemptive lift, as we like to talk about mm-hmm. in our church, where you just the the Spirit of God just comes in, and everything that you're doing, and you're doing it in such a way that there is a a lifting, mm-hmm. and it and it it just the whole tide rises, so to speak. Well, as people see your life, your opportunities, your finances, your relationships, as you start to have that abundant, rich life, it's elevating. What it does is it challenges people. Mm -hmm. Because in order for them to be okay with themselves, they're like, you have something that I feel like I should have, but I'm not willing to put in the effort Mm -hmm. to make that happen. A lot of people lack the commitment to do what is necessary to get what they want, what they really want and see in others. Mm but when they see someone actually taking the leap and doing it it either it does one of two things it either inspires them to do it themselves or they shrink back and try to justify or throw flack to try to make themselves feel okay living where they're at mm-hmm.
3: that's insecurity
0: that's insecurity yeah and so obviously we can't stop being who we are and who god's called us to be all, all we can do is focus on making sure that we do as much as we can to be a testimony and an inspiration and a, and give others hope. But and, and just kind of tune out a lot mm-hmm. of the voices that that give that flack because haters are going to hate. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe that's over. you know, you know it was stereotypical, but sure. it's going to happen. Yeah. And so, a lot of my life, I felt like I struggled with defining my identity based on how I thought others viewed me. Mm -hmm. And when we broke past that, even as a couple, being able to break past that where it didn't matter what our friends thought. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter what others, you know, looked at our life, which Brooklyn, she's a very independent person.
1: Mm -hmm. Even as
0: a child, she she was like, you know, I don't care that everyone wants to wear that. I don't want (laughs) to wear that. I want to wear something different. (laughs) We've talked about these things. Uh And so I think that's been a good thing in our marriage. She's helped me and pushed me Mm -hmm. to kind of rise above a lot of that, Mm -hmm. where it's not about others it's about it's what we are going to do yeah. what, what has God called us to become mm-hmm. it's about becoming our best self growing growing yeah. right.
2: right. but I think the other thing to think about when you have naysayers that's what we want to label them as mm-hmm. um why do they have that perspective you have to stop and ask yourself a question what have they experienced in life that kind of gives them this um resistance to wealth and mm-hmm. maybe they had a an upbringing where finances were limited. And so mm. as you're leading financial classes and you're helping people um, lead a life of abundance, you know, where's that pushback coming from? Mm-hmm. Um, I know we came from very different financial backgrounds um, from each other and from where we're at now. Um, our lives have been completely different. And there were, were some mindsets that both of us had to overcome. Yeah. And so I think you have to take time to step back and ask yourself, why does this person have this perspective, mm-hmm. and is there a way that I can help channel their perspective a little bit? Is there a mm-hmm. way that I can redirect the way they're viewing it, and maybe open the door to to what they can step into that they don't even realize they mm-hmm. have the opportunity to now?
0: I'll uh, I'll mention something that Brooklyn told me just a year or so ago. We were sitting down and God had blessed us, and we were doing well, and we were very comfortable, mm-hmm. and uh, not bragging or anything, but just like mm-hmm. life had gotten. Easy, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Where it was like, you know, we're going to make money. We've we'd finally achieved a place where it was like, you know what, Um, we can coast here for a while. It felt like. Mm -hmm. But she told me. She said, Hunter, it's it's not about how much you have to make. Like, what Mm -hmm. are your bills? What are your goals? Stuff like that. But how much can you make?
4: Mm -hmm.
0: Our income doubled that year. (laughs)
4: Awesome.
0: (laughs) And so, just that little (laughs) point of revelation where we set these false limits on ourselves. So many times, I think Mm -hmm. sometimes it's others. The naysayers, but sometimes the greatest naysayers in our own head.
2: That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So true. I think just thinking about the things that limit, it's really, I think, belief for a lot of people. I think some people just want the easy way out, so they Mm -hmm. just don't want to strive. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I think that people don't believe that they could believe for you, but believing for themselves that they can earn a certain amount of money, they just don't. At some point, I remember we had a, a uh, an experience where um, we went to the Bay Area and we went to this seminar that really challenged our thinking. I remember um, we had a conversation with money, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you should try it, people. Just you know
3: where you personify money and you talk to money as if to, it's really? like. Played this role in your life.
1: It was very interesting.
3: Uh, it it really was powerful. It was wow. really
1: interesting hearing what Chris had to say to money mm-hmm. <laughs> and the people around me, what they were saying, like yeah. very interesting, very different perspectives. And it comes from your upbringing. Um, but that, that seemed to challenge us. And then I remember him, you know, saying, you know, what would you like to make? And then he said, you know, how would that feel? And how does picture that? And then he said, you know, double that. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. how do you make it like, what is, what do you feel when you look at that number? How would that make your life different? How many people can you bless with that? Mm -hmm. And then you like quadruple that. How do you feel now? Like,
3: and a lot of people start moving into like when they envision themselves in those, um, making those numbers Mm -hmm. they start to go into imposter syndrome and like, you know, I, I can't achieve that. Like someone else could do that, but not me.
1: And it's really interesting the the cognitive aspect of it. When, like, you go from a number, I, I believe, like, I just need to work harder. Mm-hmm. And then to that, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nope, I can't do that. I like what um, Jim Rohn says. He says that um, help enough people get what they want and you'll have everything you want. So, essentially, if you do good work, you're going to help a lot of people get what they want. And then you're going to have more money to to. Then help more people get what they want. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's blessing so that you can be a blessing. Right. And I and I I'm I'm not trying to steal your thunder because this is this is (laughs) your thing here. And
3: well, and I think our conversations with you guys over the last few years have have stimulated this. Yeah, stimulated these thoughts, the book recommendations you've given us. And so it's fun to, you know to go back into this vein with
1: you guys. We'll be right back to the interview, but first we wanted to share something that we are really excited about.
3: So, you know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations.
1: And that's why we created the Monthly Live Date Night.
3: And Monthly Live Date Night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. It, we focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick. And then 30 minutes, we do a QA and a and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. uh, We have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in, but we really want you to take action in your marriage too.
1: So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details.
3: All right, back to the interview.
0: Well, it, that really actually goes back to biblical principles, and this is what I love. All right, so Jim Rohn, uh, Brian Tracy, all all these gurus, uh, even some of the modern ones, um, mm-hmm. they they take a lot of credit for their what they say, and like mm-hmm. oh, I inv-, you know I invented this quote, or I did this, or they coined a <laughs> phrase. Sure. But really, a lot of it goes back to the Bible. Like sure. going back to the Bible uh-huh. in Proverbs eleven twenty five, it says, "The liberal soul shall prosper, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself." Mm-hmm. Now we miss that a lot of times because we're reading old English and stuff like that. But that's exactly that's what you're good talking else. about. <laughs> that's is that good. <laughs> those liberals, right? But <laughs> when and there's a lot of other scriptures that hint back at that. That when you focus on serving others and getting them what they want and what they need, mm-hmm. what goes around really does come around. Yeah. and and God is watching and He's looking at that. And generosity is uh, I, I talk about how. Fruitfulness is the impetus of blessing. It's the thing that makes it go or make it go faster. Mm-hmm. Okay. And part of being fruitful is having generosity with humility. And so that you're not being arrogant about what you give. Oh, I gave so much in the offering. Or, hey, I sent, you know, I bought 10,000 bicycles for inner-, inner city kids, you know, or, mm-hmm. or like it's not mm-hmm. a measuring stick of success. Oh, but when it's a genuine generosity, yeah then you, it really is, that is a sign of growth. Mm-hmm. That is one of the fruits that you're taking the blessings of God and you're able to give them back and turn it, flip your blessing and, and give it back mm-hmm. to others without it destroying who you are and who God's called you to be.
3: Yeah, I love that. How have you guys, and I mean, you can share as much as you want to or you, know, you could limit it, but how have you guys personally seen the flow of blessing in your life?
0: So I would say there's a number of ways that we've experienced this, but going back to Brooklyn's story where she was talking about getting a job and and doing really well at it and then treating it like a better job than what she originally had and getting bonuses and stuff like that, better jobs. Mm -hmm. But part of that story she didn't share, and this is a component of stewardship, I feel like, but even beyond that, is she actually started tithing on what she wanted to make.
3: Mm, That's really cool. Yeah.
0: And so that was something that I thought was really intriguing to me. And it really started a process in our life where we stopped judging how much we were making that like our goals, like we we try to write down goals and yeah. stuff, probably not the most goal oriented people ever. But at the same time, I have a whole list of goals. Mm-hmm. But some of the goals that I feel like really has started triggering the blessings of God was our giving goals. Okay. And so I told someone, this may sound sacrilegious, but put God on a commission structure, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm, I'm in sales, I, I do okay. real estate development and <laughs> yes. other other things. And so, can I, you I, also I,
3: share a little bit about what you do sure, so people yeah. understand the context? I will.
0: Um, Basically, what I do is I do rural property development where I'll go out and I'll buy, you know, let's say 100 or 200 acres out in the country in North Mississippi, Tennessee area, and I'll divide it up into, say, five, 10 acre tracks, Mm -hmm. things like that, divide it up, sell it for two to three times what we paid for it, and then owner finance it out a lot. Nice, and so it's a lot of sales, and mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. I really get—I tell people I get to fly a drone, uh, play with my dog, and ride a four wheeler for a living, and, and so and walk walk the woods. So, uh, That's great. and so uh, it's it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. But and, and we've been extremely blessed in that. Which there's a whole story behind how we got into that. But the thing about it is, when we started setting those giving goals. Instead of focusing on like like what Brooklyn said, it's not how much can uh, do, do you have to make. What can you make? What what do we not have to give? Okay, we give a ten percent tithe. What can we give? How can we start radically changing? Uh, the way we look at it. Mm-hmm. And so we started setting some that were like, you know, just one time, or here's a one time, I want to give X number in, in an offering, or I want to give so much in a, in a special missions or the building fund. But then I started saying, you know, what, I want to start connecting my regular monthly income uh, to, these, uh, to the blessing of God. And so we started saying, all right, we're going to set a percentage above, you know, tithes. And but I want to I set a giving goal, or we set giving goals up. We want to make give this much in a month, mm. okay? But in order for that to happen, God has to bless you know this much because it's based on a percentage. Not okay. that we're like trying to give to get, right. but at the same time, it's putting it on paper, a commitment. And one thing we did together, um, and we've done this number of times, is because I believe God honors when it's one thing to say, "Oh, uh, when God blesses me, if I become a millionaire, I'm going to give," mm-hmm. you know, but. We actually went home and wrote checks of different amounts that mm-hmm. aligned with those giving goals, and we would put them in our bathroom sink, and we wouldn't sign it or date it, but we would say, "God, we've literally inked the check. Uh, like we are that committed. That's cool. And if you'll put it in our hand, we we will do it. And we're already doing it at a certain percentage at smaller amounts. So awesome. But here's our goal: we want to be able to put this check in.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: um, the first time we did that. And it happened.
3: And you started, you put the check in. Yes, yes.
0: Yeah. And the first time it happened, it was like, wow, that was kind of cool. Uh-huh. And then like we had one that was like, wow, it is like, man, this is this is pretty big for us, especially at the time. And and it we were able to do it. Everything came together in one month and we're like, that mm-hmm. is incredible. But then it happened two months later. This was <laughs> so something that awesome. this was something that like we thought like would take forever to get to. This was kind of a once, mm-hmm. you know, one time, you know, thing. But then it started happening more and more. We, we wow. ended up giving a couple months ago in a special offering in our church. It was more than twice what we had ever given in any offering ever oh, in one so offering. Cool. But then we just did it again last week. You see what I'm saying? Like two months later, two or three months later, and, and so you had it,
3: a thought like in the beginning, absolutely. like you have these aspirations, you have this heart it's bucket to give. Yeah. This
0: is a one-time but it's deal. Like, yeah,
3: every couple
2: years or few years, God yes. will give the increase. But now it's happening like every couple months.
3: Yeah, because, because that
0: it's first an exponential one, blessing.
2: That first one he was going to give, um, he wrote the check, and he said, "Oh, I hope to give this by this time next year, in mm-hmm. one offering." And we gave it in less than six months. So cool. So then when we gave him that special offering a few months ago, and we just gave that same amount last week, Mm -hmm. part he just left out was this is how God works. His, his mathematics are totally different than ours. And so we gave last week. And since we've been here on this trip, he got a phone call that he was getting a bonus for the exact amount that we wrote that check for last week. Wow. significant amount. And so wow. it's so it's <laughs> awesome. there's something one week about to the it. Day,
0: the same yeah. exact amount. Mm.
2: Like when you get in the flow, it's just like a faucet that's turned on. Mm, one so way cool. one way that we like to think about it is we're like a funnel. And so when you're a funnel, you don't hold everything in. You're a funnel that God can kind of channel those finances through. Mm. But when you pour a substance through a funnel, some of the residue stays on the sides of the funnel and you still get to enjoy some of it for yourself. So the purpose isn't how much can I keep? It's how much can I allow to flow through me? Oh, and by the way, I get to enjoy some of it myself too. Mm-hmm. That's how the blessings of God work.
0: Mm-hmm. What? Well- and really, I think this goes back to something that I'm passionate about that we talk about in the in the, uh, the Blessed Business is business as mission.
3: Mm-hmm. So, and you referenced that earlier, Brooklyn. Yeah. So t- talk a little bit more about what is sure. business as mission.
0: Business as mission is, I, I like actually my pastor, Pastor Caleb Adams in Memphis, Tennessee. He has a good definition of this.
3: Okay.
0: In a paper he wrote about the theology of blessing. But he says, um, God gives spiritual and natural blessings to believers that they might be empowered to achieve God's mission. So, business as mission is utilizing our career or business to advance the kingdom of god by demonstrating christian values in the context of business and by facilitating ministry with human and financial resources so there's a lot packed in there but essentially what that means is everything you do instead of separating work your job your vocation your business if you're an entrepreneur instead of separating that into one silo over here and then like Church, relationship with God, all mm-hmm. that in this other silo, it's you put those together. That means you do business the Bible way. That means you have integrity. That means you treat people with generosity. You mm-hmm. have humility. Um, all of you have diligence. There's so many biblical principles. We don't have time to get into them all today, but you start applying biblical principles and you, and you demonstrate what it means to be a Christian at work. Mm-hmm. When you start doing that, but then you so you apply the principles, but then you also connect your personal finances your business, your purpose mm-hmm. in life to the mission of God, which is, again, going back to Deuteronomy 8, uh, 28 and 8, where it talks about it's that you get wealth so that you can help establish that covenant, which is that God would, uh, you know, basically the blessing of Abraham, which is how the Messiah, the gospel message, the spiritual blessing, but you are being a funnel. You're, you are participating in the blessings of God to facilitate the spiritual. You have... Financial and uh, tangible blessings that finance the spiritual blessings, so that you can give in that missions offering, or you can give to the building expansion project, or you can go and and see. There's even outside of just giving at church. We've started now. We've had the most fun lately is giving to certain people, whether it's um, missionaries or ministry, or just people in general that are in need. Yeah. That God enables us to show them just a little taste of what it means that to to have the blessing of God in their life, because. A lot of times we have this misconception of who God is, and He's got this big hammer, and He's trying to beat us over the head, when really He's looking for opportunities to show His love and yes. blessing. So when we allow ourselves to be a conduit for that, and we go and pay it forward at you know, the Starbucks drive-thru, or we you know, see someone on the side of the road, or we see that single mom that needs help— you know, and you go and you do something that blows their mind that hopefully no one ever else even sees or even knows. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you what, that level of giving it becomes addictive. Mm-hmm. It's it's absolutely incredible. But business's mission is focused on on doing that. We're gonna get right back to the episode, but we wanted to share something really quick with you.
3: We have been married for almost 13 years and we have had the same dinnerware and silverware and glasses um, since we got married on from our registry.
1: Yeah, so we have been looking around to buy some new dinnerware and um, then Lennox approached us to uh, share some stuff with you guys.
3: Yeah, so we recently received their French Pearl Scallop uh, dinnerware, which is gorgeous. It's a gorgeous collection of... um, dinnerware that's crafted of porcelain. And we also received their high quality crystal glasses.
1: Yeah, I've been trying to get rid of our old glasses for a long time.
3: Yes. (laughs) And so if you haven't upgraded your dinnerware since you got married and you've been married for a while, or maybe you're newlyweds and you haven't completed your collection, we highly recommend Lennox. So you can go to lennox.com today to purchase. And you can use our code DYMC to save 20% on your order.
2: Something else that's important to remember in this process is maybe you're not in a place where financially you have much to give, but you can still get in that cycle of blessing by using the resources you do have. So maybe that's using your home to bless others. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's a young adult who needs a place to stay while they're getting their feet under them. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's opening your home for ministry groups to meet in your home. Um, Maybe it's providing transportation for someone to come to church. There are ways that you can use the resources you have right now to get in that cycle of giving that where the blessings will then begin to flow. And so this isn't just about finances. Obviously, there's going to come a point where you'll have a financial breakthrough and, you know, all these physical blessings will will follow. But just finding a way that you can use what you have right now to plug into the kingdom mm-hmm. and purpose that's really what it's all about.
3: I love that using the resources you yeah. have. we we often think of resources as money, right? But mm-hmm. resources, like you said, could be an extra room in your home, right? Or a trip, or to the skill,
0: church. or a talent. That's, yes. that's that abundant life where all areas of your life is overflowing. Because mm-hmm. again, that's the that's the pattern is mm-hmm. that you have so much that you have left over to give to others, even your spiritually where you're filled up so that by the time you come to church, you can help pray with someone else or you're on the job. You've had prayer and devotion that morning so that you can go and help them. Or you're at dinner with another Mm -hmm. couple, you know, and they're having a bad day. How can you pour into their life, whether it's financially, emotionally, spiritually, Mm -hmm. uh, tangibly? It just, there's so many different ways, but the same pattern applies to all the different areas so, if you can learn how to do it in one area, it applies to all the areas, and you start getting in that cycle of blessing.
1: So good. let so,
3: talk a little bit about how this applies to marriage. So, a lot of people who are listening may not be married, but probably the majority of our listeners are married. Um, how do they get on the same page about this? Maybe talk about people that you teach in your um, financial peace university classes or even in your own marriage? Like how, what are some ways that people can get on the same page?
0: Ooh, that was tough for us at first. Yeah. (laughs) Can you talk about that? (laughs) Well, first I would say is like the Financial Peace University is a phenomenal course through Dave Ramsey, uh, to get on that. It's just, he's got the seven baby steps. Uh, that's step one for anybody. Mm -hmm. And so I highly recommend that my good wife, I had known of it for a long time, but she's it's a, one thing to know it; it's another thing to live it, and uh, <laughs> that's where that's where Brooklyn comes in, where she actually uh, helped me get on on a path with that. But I, I think, and I talk about this some in that class, but I think it's finding that purpose and your end goal, and getting having an you're getting sick and tired of being sick and tired mm. of living paycheck to paycheck, of not having enough, of not being able to do something. Where you see someone, uh, the the beggar on the corner, and you can't buy them an extra meal. You can't go into the you know the grocery store and, and buy someone's groceries. You mm-hmm. know, are you, if, if, when you're when you get tired of not of being in a position where you're not able to help others mm-hmm. that genuinely need it, that you want to be, and this would be especially true. Of, I see older people mm-hmm. uh, that have children, and they're not in a position to help them because they haven't taken the steps uh-huh. in their younger days, and it's very frustrating for them. So I would say. To our younger selves, or to someone else, especially if you have a spouse, that you have to establish the and get on the same dream. You have to get on the same dream wavelength, if that makes okay. sense. Yep. Where this is a priority, and it's willing, we're willing to do it. The Bible talks about how without a vision, the people perish. And if you're on two separate visions, uh, that means you're in two different vehicles going two different directions. Or if you're in the same. Trying to be in the same lane, but you're going different speeds. Mm-hmm. It's it's just un, being unequally yoked, especially in the area of, of finance and living an abundant life and what that looks like. You're going to be motivated totally different. Mm-hmm. You're going to be chasing different things because we you know they talk about chasing dreams. Well, if if you're chasing off in left field and she's chasing off in right field, yeah. you, you're not going to get very far together. And so I think that getting on the same page is absolutely critical. So having uh, one would be having conversations of just talking about especially when it comes to finances, but also when it comes to what does an abundant life look like for us? You know, yeah. a, aside from finances, like what Brooklyn was talking about, what are ways we can help other people? A smile or a hug is free. Mm-hmm. You can go that's one thing that we try to th- we try to pinpoint people that are hurting. That are that other people aren't going up to and spending time with. And we try to pinpoint and try to spend time with those people. Cause that's for us, that's how we give out of the abundance of our life. Yeah.
1: I really like that. How you you specify dream, because you talked about dreaming together. Like what what is your vision? What what's your dream here? And that's current. What would we like to do right now? What can we do right now? Maybe what's the next step? Mm-hmm. Right. What's the next step on this journey? So maybe if we had a little bit more. I would like to do this. Maybe we have to work toward this next step. And then what could we do? Yeah. What what if we worked really hard together on becoming and growing? What could we do together? Yeah. What's I don't possible.
2: I don't think you're going to get on the same financial page until you are on the same. You have the same dream in mind. I think you have to have your future dreams and goals kind of set so you know what you're working towards before you really get on the same financial page. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a unified dream and a unified purpose for what you're doing.
3: Yeah. yeah. And so do you find that when you direct couples, like in, in Financial Peace University, you direct couples to sit down and have that conversation, dream together, that they're yeah. able to come up with something pretty tangible and they get on the same page?
2: Usually, yes. Which it... I guess the thing you have to think about with financial peace is their main thing is we need to get out of debt. Okay. That's typically the main goal is we need to get out of debt because we want to have financial freedom. So what we usually do encourage them to do is come up with a dream that you're going to use to celebrate your accomplishments at the end. Okay. So you want to make these these dreams tangible and you want to make them, they need to make sense for the Mm -hmm. stage of life you're in. And so they may not be dreaming of, oh, we're going to go start orphanages and all this stuff when we're independently wealthy. They may not be there because right now they're drowning in debt. Mm -hmm. So we're saying, what is something you want to do that you can't do right now? Maybe it's take a vacation. You know, maybe it's you want to travel overseas. Mm -hmm. Okay, write that down Uh and then create your steps of how to get there. And that's the baby steps with Uh financial peace. And so... That's typically what you have when you're working with a financial peace group is their goal is we have to get financial freedom.
0: And as a personal reference real quick, I had a a sporty little car that I went in debt over uh, (laughs) Uh before we got married that ironically made my wife extremely car sick. I thought it was going to get me a wife and ended up (laughs) running her away because she got car sick every time she got in it. Uh, Had nothing to do with my driving skills. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But... But you know what, part of the commitment to that shared vision, it was hard, especially as a young man, is we sold the car.
4: Mm-hmm. We
0: got out from that debt. But you know what, when we accomplished our goals and we got a little bit further in life, now I have a really nice vehicle that uh, that we and we don't have debt
4: mm-hmm. on it,
0: um, anything personal. And we uh, were able to, like one of the dreams we had was last year, or two years ago, two years ago, not 2020. Um, we actually took a three week trip to Europe. This is something that I never dreamed possible when we were drowning in debt. Mm -hmm. I never dreamed that was possible. But that's where you have to take that moment to step back. And that was something that she was like, no, we can do this. We're gonna have to sacrifice a few things. We're gonna have to live like no one else. But it is possible when you realize, uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when you can reignite that shared hope and that dream together that, wow, if we work together, if we buckle down, we can live that way we can do this when you have that hope you'll fight a lot harder for your dreams and when mm-hmm. you actually start to see some of them come become a reality then uh, i like the word actualization it's to make it a reality mm-hmm. it, it actualizes it It brings what you dreamed of and turns it into reality when you start actualizing some of your dreams it builds positive momentum that is almost unstoppable
2: mm-hmm So one important thing I would say to remember in this process is, you know, we're talking about the blessing of God and the favor of God. One thing that I have found important myself is not to just pray for God to send all the blessings, but it's to pray for God to increase my capacity for blessing because the blessings that he wants to give to our lives may not be what I can handle right now. So he's a loving God he's going to try his best not to help you destroy yourself. <laughs> um, and so he That's knows good. the level that you can handle. Right. And so I don't want him to bless me more than I can handle right now, which he's capable of doing, but I want him to increase my capacity for blessing. So then he's able to bless me more. And so that may be how I, how I view uh, blessing. It may be how I view finances. It may be how I view others and their situations. Um, and so that I feel like that's very important. That's been important for me personally yeah. on this journey. Is don't just pray for the blessings. I do pray for God to bless me, but no more than I can handle. It, I pray for Him to expand my capacity for blessing. I love it. Yeah, and
1: that's partly it sounds like you know, well, reading. you yeah. said you were reading books. Yeah, I think gr- that's growing prayer. Like these are tangible things that you could do. Yeah to increase that capacity. Are there anything like any other books that you would recommend Yeah, that would help people? Lots. <laughs> <laughs> you help,
2: guys are readers.
0: Help us. Well, leaders are readers and readers are leaders is what they mm-hmm. say. True. So. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, so so far we have the go giver. Okay. So the noticer by Andy Andrews mm-hmm. is really good. And basically that one's just talking about, you know, taking time to notice people and situations and be present in those moments. Mm-hmm. And um, that one is one that's really kind of impacted the way I perceive others and the world around me. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one that I, well, there's two more that I really enjoy. Um, Love Your Life, Not Theirs by Rachel Cruz. I think you guys did an episode with her recently. Mm -hmm. Um, That one is really good because when you're on this journey, you have to really focus on your own life Mm -hmm. because there may be others that seem like they're living this fabulous life, but Kind of Instagram like Rachel's life. Right. <laughs> but like Rachel says, real. you know, you don't see what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, that, that book was very impactful. And then three feet from gold. That one has been incredible in my life. Just basically talking about don't give up. You never realize how close you are to success.
1: And that's so, Napoleon Hill.
2: That is correct. Okay. Yes.
3: We'll link those in the show notes.
1: Such good book recommendations there. I
0: have a couple as well.
3: Please okay. add to hey. those.
0: <laughs> I have a whole bunch I could recommend, but uh, I'll, I'll leave it. At Do them all. Two. No, <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time. Uh, Thou shalt prosper by mm-hmm. uh, Rabbi Daniel Lapin is yeah. incredible. I think he has a new one out that's a little bit different, but it's the same principle that I think it's called Ten Commandments for Making mm-hmm. Money or yeah. God's Ten Commandments for Making Money. It's, it's really good as well. Mm-hmm. He's then, a
1: Jewish rabbi.
0: Yes, absolutely. And he talks about the principles, like God's people, traditionally, the Jews, like they are disproportionately more blessed than, uh, financially and opportunities and stuff. If you start just statistically, like it's just capita, across right. per capita or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like they just really rise to the top, but yeah. it's because they are programmed for success the, and to live in the blessings of God. Yeah, But we as children of God, we get to partake in the blessings uh, of Abraham and the root and the fatness thereof. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. And so
0: the fatness, it always refers to, that's more of a tangible blessing. Right. It's not just the spiritual blessing. Even though we're grafted mm-hmm. in. That's right. And mm-hmm. even though we're grafted in. And so that one's just I- incredible. It'll, yeah. it, it takes a while to go through that one, but the principles are absolutely um, earth shattering. And then uh, if you're a little bit, not even if you're just an entrepreneur, but if you want to learn more about how the world of business works, And how to be more successful in your career as an intrapreneur or an entrepreneur. What's Uh, the
3: difference between an intra and an entrepreneur? All right, so an
0: intrapreneur is more of someone who's um, working their way up in a company. So, like, they work their way up to like CEO or management or something like that. Whereas an entrepreneur goes and starts their own thing. Time. Um and so uh, those skills are both valuable and it's so and it doesn't it's not not like one's better than the other but it just depends on your personality type and, and yeah. where you best fit but Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey is phenomenal. Uh, absolutely phenomenal okay. and he also has total money makeover which is if you're not going to go to a fpu class financial peace university at least read total money makeover by mm-hmm. daniel i mean by Daniel, by david uh dave ramsey um that is incredible i also have a couple podcast recommendations yeah. so the, the blessed
3: uh, business God <laughs> podcast we'll link <laughs> that one
0: there you go by hunter shameless plug right <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all right so uh so that one's got a, a recent episode i i'd recorded it a while back um But uh, i recently uh, launched uh, an episode with Dr. Nathaniel Wilson, actually, um, on the principles of success. It was just absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just really, really good content. So if you want to be a successful person, not just financially, but in life, It's just it's just incredible content. But then also the Naval podcast. That's N A V A L. Looks like naval. uh, I think (laughs) he's he's a successful tech entrepreneur and investor. Um, But he has uh, there's one podcast episode called uh, How to Get Rich. Every episode Mm. now get ready to get stretched. It's like three hours long. Okay. All right. But but that's all the episodes. It's like a bunch of like three to five minute episodes. That are just compiled all together for like a three. It's like a it's like a book, okay? Okay. An audio book, but that single um, podcast has probably stretched me as far mm-hmm. as as far as principles of building wealth um, more than uh, about anything else. It was recommended by a very successful uh, business person I know, and it has really really helped me a lot. So, awesome.
1: and another thing that uh, we've talked a lot about, I you haven't mentioned. I'm surprised. It would be Donald Miller.
0: <laughs> well, I didn't know if you'd already pitched them, Donald no. Miller, a whole lot. So no. Donald Miller, like uh, I'm, I'm a fanboy. Uh, yeah, but, but he has several books. Um, so it would be building a story brand. And this is really for entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs, but I also think it's in, it's relevant to a lot of people because the thing is, everyone's in business for themselves. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you if you write a resume.
1: Everybody sells.
0: uh, You're selling yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And like people are, if you work for you incorporated, would you fire you? Is one of the, (laughs) is is a quote from Dave Ramsey. So if you're not marketing yourself very well, you're not going to go up the ranks, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur or entrepreneur. (laughs) And so Donald Miller um, has several good books. I highly, highly recommend for anyone. Mm -hmm. It'll make you better on your job or in your business. Um, And one is building a story brand, which is basically how to, uh, to, it's about messaging and positioning yourself.
1: Such a good book.
0: And then he has one about uh, marketing made simple which is basically how to take that story brand framework, which he's got a seven part framework and to turn it into a marketing plan for your business. Again, whether you're working in someone else's business for a big company, you can really impress people because it just works. Okay. Mm -hmm. You don't have to tell them it was Donald Miller. Just say, I had this idea the other day and we should do that that," and just, and just see how amazing it is. Um, But then he has another one that just recently came out about business made simple. Okay, And all of those are just anything by Donald Miller in the business uh, world is just next level. He's, he's Mm -hmm. just, he's a gift. To humanity when it comes to, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> so, and he has a podcast. And he has a very good podcast. The thing is, I
1: I'm, I think with success is you just, you have to challenge yourself by diving in. Mm-hmm. and You have to want it. Yeah, you do. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it starts first by kind of belief that you could actually do it. And then once you sink your teeth in and start seeing results... Stuff is fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and we're talking about backpacking. We're uh, out here in California and we're looking at the mountains and everything. And, you know, we've been looking at different trails and stuff. What's the elevation and stuff like that. When we look at the mountaintop experience and we crave, we, we desire, we pine away. What would it be like? We look at people at the pinnacle of what we would consider success and be like, how did they do it? I could never do that. Mm-hmm. But it's just one foot in front of another. It, it. You don't have to be uh, this, you know, extremely, you know, fit mountain climbing person. Now, you just take. There's a trail. It's going to be hard. You're probably going to take a lot of breaths. You have to stop and you know take a lot of breaks. You might even lose the trail. Yeah, you might even lose that. the trail. Yes. <laughs> you may get lost. You may have to you know break out the compass. You may have to recalibrate a few mm-hmm. times. But that's part of the journey to success. If you're going to be, if not not just have success, if you're going to be. Success and become who God's called you to be, and have an abundant life. You're going to have to be willing to to roll with the punches. You're going to have to w- be willing to take risks mm-hmm. and strive for success, and just trust that God's going to help you through the process and mm-hmm. cut yourself some slack.
1: Like someone said, like if if you haven't failed yet, you're, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah,
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. Fail early, fail often. Move fast and break things. <laughs> Great advice. There you go,
1: dear young married couple.
3: <laughs> so speaking
1: of that, may our, not be good marriage Dear young <laughs> married
3: couple. Uh, we would like to close the podcast the way that we close all of our episodes and that's by asking you to fill in the blank. Okay. And so going back to your first year of marriage, think about advice you wish you would have received and then fill in the blank. Dear young married couple.
0: Don't do it. No, <laughs> Oh, wait. These people too late. No, I'm totally teasing. Totally teasing. It's the best thing ever. I would say for me, I... I would say cut yourself some slack because especially going into marriage, I, I wanted to be perfect. I wanted to have it all figured out and you're not, there's just no way. And so be okay getting help. Uh, we we actually had some uh, counseling and consulting and, uh, and it had some mentors in our life. And if it wasn't for those moments, we would have really struggled a lot longer than we did. I mean, our first year of marriage was pretty rough and rocky. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie.
4: Yeah.
0: Uh, But it was so worth it Yeah. Mm -hmm. because now we see the fulfillment of if you actually, again, if you just buckle down and strive and say, you know what? I am determined. I am committed to having a good marriage. If you do that, but at the same time, you, you have to be intentional about working on it. But you have to, like I said, cut yourself some black. You have to be able to laugh at your mistakes and don't take yourself too seriously.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: there's a, you don't want to laugh it off to where you're not working on it mm-hmm. because that's just avoidance. Right. But at the same time, you can't be so intentional being perfect that you, every little mistake makes you feel like a complete failure because yeah. then you you're fall backwards. You're emotionally clouded. Yes. Yeah. You're emotionally clouded. That's a great way of putting it. So
3: Good. Good. How about for you, Brooklyn?
2: I would say to realize that in the first year of marriage, the emotions, I mean, you're starting a whole new life Mm -hmm. and you're sharing a home with someone you've never lived with before. And so you're creating a whole new norm and a whole new family. And so not, it's important to not get caught up in the emotions of that first year and realize that. Maybe as you're adjusting, it may there are times it may seem a little bit rocky or cloudy, but realizing that the clouds that you see in those moments of adjustment are not the reality of the sky that's really present in your life. There's, there's sunshine and there's blue skies behind that. And so, so it's important to give yourself some slack and realize it's okay to not be okay in some moments because you're adjusting. Mm-hmm. And changes are taking place and with change comes growth. And mm-hmm. sometimes the growth process can be rough because you're stretching, you're expanding. And so just realize that you made a commitment for a reason because there are going to be times that it may not seem like everything's great. But when you when you kind of power through those moments, marriage is, is really worth it. And hey, I'd never go back to being single. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> life's Our way better is now. Ten
0: X since we got married it's the great greatest business decision I ever made. I don't know why I waited too long. Yeah.
3: If you're looking at the outcome of marriage by numbers on a spreadsheet.
0: <laughs> it was very financially beneficial. it yeah. Doesn't always official, work out that way. Yeah,
2: beneficial yeah. in a lot of other
3: ways. Right. That's right.
0: That's right. true that's true. <laughs>
2: When you when you measure your marriage by the numbers on your tax return, <laughs> that's
0: like, right. well, I
4: think,
0: I think marrying the right person is key because if you have married the right person, they're going to be stretching you. That's true, and that's not going to always be pleasant and fun, but it's necessary. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of times we we look at someone at our spouse, and you can either get focused on the like I mentioned early on. You can either be inspired to change yeah. and like okay this like you're making me a better person or, or fight against <laughs> yeah. it and shrink back and say i'm not willing to rise to the challenge because that's going to make me get out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and i think that's really what the choice comes down to if you're going to live an abundant life if you're going to have an abundant marriage you have to be willing to say you know what it's time to rise above all the challenges, to to get past my flesh, to get past all of my lack of discipline or all the things that I want and say, you know what, what I need to do is to really, really dig in and do this. And I will appreciate it down the road that my future self will thank me.
2: Yeah, your marriage shouldn't define you, but it should challenge you to reach your full potential.
1: It's so good. Well, you hear it, people. Get so uncomfortable good. and grow.
0: We <laughs> <Yes, laughs> you
3: guys. Incredible. Thank you, we thank you so much. And I'm sure we'll have you guys on the podcast again to address lots of things, business and money and marriage and abundance. So you guys are awesome. Thank
2: you, you so much.
1: All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance,
3: Dear Young Married Couple and we'd love for you to join us in conversation there alright see you next week